Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. LeBondra looking to get outside of Bond. LeBondra away from David. 3-1 running. Three points running. Hello, welcome to the Unpark Rules podcast, sponsored by Blue Cross Street Food. Yesterday saw a long trip up north for the Royals, and they came back without both any points or a club captain. Matt Lansley joining me today. Matt, how are we doing? Tired. <laughs> long, Tired. long trip up to Borough. <laughs> yep. I think it's 560-mile round trip. It's... Uh, Full respect to anybody who was up there. Um, and the other person joining us today, Matt Williamson. Matt, how yeah. are we doing this morning? Yeah, I mean, I didn't make the trip up to Middlesbrough, um, but I can still try and comment on it. And that is that is very much appreciated this morning. And we will start the um, podcast with the news that Liam Moore has been relieved of the captaincy of Reading Football Club. Reading released a statement sometime, I don't know what time it was because I was driving back, but sometime last night um, following the game. And it, it seems that Learmore has stated his desire to leave Reading, play somewhere else. Um, there is a statement on the website. It is quite pro-club, I guess you would say, potentially. Um, but Matt, Give us your thoughts as to how this has come around. What's the what's the situation that has brought this on, do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a difficult one, right? Because I think for a while, and we're talking like a couple of seasons now, um, Liam Moore and Reading, and especially Reading fans, have not had the best of relationships. And this season especially, everyone knows that um, Liam Moore has to come off the wage bill, like 100%. It's feels like a statement that's come a bit out of the blue because I still can't tell if Liam Moore hasn't been playing because of this statement, which they they kind of imply within the statement. They say that players who aren't going to give their all are not going to be selected for the first team or whether he's injured and this is just an odd time to release a statement like this. I mean, not not 100% sure. The, the thing it feels like to me is like that it's, it's meant to force Liam Moore to make a decision to leave this window because... If releasing this statement to me means that it doesn't, that the club don't think that he's going to leave. Um, because if, if you thought he was going to leave already, why release this statement? Just kind of like quietly let him go and then appoint a new club captain. But what we've done is we've basically told everyone that he wants to leave. And so now, if he was still here come February, his position in the squad is basically untenable. So we tried to force him out that way. And I think fans are going to have differing views on whether that's a legitimate tactic to take. Personally, I don't really like seeing it from my club because I'd rather we have a really harmonious and lovely atmosphere within the squad. I do appreciate that Reading really do need to get Liam Moore off the wage bill. So in some ways it is fair. But I mean, 
the the statement itself where it goes into about how great die is is quite funny given that oh, but by the way by the way die paid for a training ground just in case anybody has it isn't aware it is in well, the statement he he almost could have paid for the training ground if he'd sold Liam Moore when he had the opportunity to like it, the fact that that like this should come back on die like almost nothing in life is fixed by giving people a pay rise and i mean that across any industry like Liam Moore has never hidden how driven he is and how high he wants to go. And Reading are not like meeting his expectations at the minute. Um, I think it was Jordan was saying in one of our group chats, like he's probably been sold the same dream that the rest of us have. And and Dai hasn't delivered. Like to me, okay, yes, it's not good that Liam Moore is, is uh, well, it, it doesn't even say he's handed in a transfer request, right? It says he wants to leave. What that means, I, I really don't know. But like, obviously that's not the best thing to, to read. But this is as much on the owners and the club as a whole than it is on Liam Moore. And, yeah, I think it's um, it's definitely a, a case of both sides. Both sides are probably now at the point where they are better off without each other. Um, the fans aren't really keen to have Liam Moore around as a as a group. I'm sure there's some fans out there who still like Liam Moore, but as a, as a as a whole, I think the fans are probably at the point where they think Liam Moore probably needs to leave the club. Um, the club probably want Liam Moore to leave the club and Liam Moore probably wants to leave the club. So it's very, you know, in reality, him leaving the club is probably great for all parties. But as you say, Matt, it's uh, a case of this is a prob- This feels a little bit like a move to force his hand because as the line in the statement says, no offer or opportunity has come around for Liam Moore yet. That feels a little bit of a... It feels a little bit of a kind of a, a maybe a dig, it, like it, I don't know. It feels a little bit unnecessary. If he if you've said he wants to leave, then does it? Do you need to add that line in? Well, the, the, sorry, just quickly. The other thing is that uh, like this statement doesn't even name a new club captain. It's solely a statement about digging out Liam Moore. It's nothing more than that. Lansley, do you feel like this is a distraction technique? Because um, the, yesterday there was definitely again on social media after the game, and we'll get into the game. Uh, but after the game, there was definitely people. Palmerich must go tonight. He must be sacked. Um, you know, is it a distraction technique to release this at nine thirty on the Saturday night rather than releasing it, whatever, on a Monday morning or something like that? It's. It definitely seems like a very odd time to release something like this. Um, and as well, the nature of everything they've put inside it, like 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 say, it doesn't say he's handing a transfer request. I think the terminology they use, he stated his desire to the club or the directors, whatever, that he wants to leave. But the whole context of the statement is quite is quite strange. It's almost like, <laughs> you know, as 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 fans, we've wanted the transparency, the club to be open with what's going on, and the club have now been overly open with something that usually he would keep under wraps. Usually, the pro- the problem with this almost is that. We want the club to be open with us and we want the club to be transparent. Mm. But the issue we've got is that what we're seeing is now they're trying to be open and transparent. We're seeing that actually, yeah, the club is a mess inside still as well. Yeah. And now we're being shown the inside of it. Well, like, I think I think one of one of one of the the biggest thing. Or, or, well, obviously, you, there will always be two sides to the story. You know, we've not heard Liam Moore apart from his his Instagram post, which I, I, I don't think that was probably the wisest thing he's probably done just to tweet or not tweet to post up on his story that he was furious at this statement that's not it wasn't the time for him or the manner that he should be putting out something like that because it just again it asks more questions than it answers 
but this has obviously been brewing for a few weeks at, at the club it's not it's obviously not new news to the club and the fact that obviously in the statement they say we've tried to obviously work with Limor's representatives to try and you know work out a solution and they've not been forthcoming have have there been conversations that the club have tried to instigate with Liam Moore and his representatives obviously have stated they want to leave the club wants to shift in this window and they haven't helped the process that would cause frustration for the club and you've got to see it in the fact that they've now you know it's released on the 15th that's half the transfer window that, that half the time they've got to get Liam Moore out they've they, they've now lost so like you say it's 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 getting back to the point of trying to almost force Liam Moore's hand but when you've got a club captain that potentially won't be playing isn't injured the longer this went on without Liam Moore in the squad questions would come up to Paunovic of oh um, Liam Moore not in the squad again injured when's he coming back and Paunovic will either have to say oh an internal issue or something which again will just raise more questions more questions so it's 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 like I say it's the balancing act that the club haven't really got right over the last few years about communication and the 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 nature of it like you say it paints tries to paint die as the perfect figure which he most certainly is not like you say he's all, almost you know the one that's got us and Liam Moore in this situation by the ludicrous salary that he's been put on that's not on Liam Moore that's on die the fact that he didn't sell him you know when he could have that's on die you know so that there's there's a lot to this statement than or a lot more to this statement than just Liam Moore has asked to leave and isn't being cooperative. And as you said earlier, Liam Moore did release a, an Instagram, or he put an Instagram post up on his story, which said he's very shocked that the statement has come out. And um, that, I guess, is it, it's open to interpretation, right, as to, to what he's shocked about. Is he shocked that the club have released this? Is he shocked that he's been stripped of the captaincy? Is he shocked that, you know, is he shocked of the timing of it? Is he shocked at the statement itself? Like, there's a there's a lot of, there's a lot to unpack potentially with with I guess his side of the story that we don't really know. Um, I, I would really hope that he's not shocked about losing the captaincy because I would really hope that that's an internal discussion that they've already had. But like, I seriously doubt that the club ran this statement past him before they released it, and you know, it's it's clearly one that doesn't paint him in the best light so yeah i mean i'd be annoyed at that as well if if that were me yeah i i, I agree it's a difficult one for for probably him to take um because realistically it, it ostracizes him from the squad completely at this point um, the club it's not just the and, squad it's yeah, the whole from club, the club itself base. right the the club have basically said we don't want you here you don't want to be here don't 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 stick around um and if he, think, is still, if he is still here in February, you're both right. Well, Matt's right. If he's still here in February, he's essentially a, you know, he's he's essentially a leper. He's going to have to not not come, not not play. One thing that I would training say, training is going to be very difficult. I don't think anyone in this, you know, uh, podcast is saying that the decision to strip Liam Moore of the captaincy is wrong if he says he's wanted to leave. Because I think that that is a perfectly legitimate thing to do. <laughs> But it's the manner of this statement and the way that it's become public that we have issues with. Uh, stripping it, if he doesn't want to be here, then stripping him of the captaincy makes total sense. Yeah, yeah. If, and, if, and you, if you want a the captain, discussion in, 
even if the discussion is just him saying like, oh, by the way, guys, like if offers come in for me, I'd be happy to listen to them. Or whether it's more forceful than that and like, oh, yeah, I want to leave the club. Either one, we we have candidates. Well, we don't really have candidates within the club that are in a different position because everyone's out of contract. But I think that especially the way that Paolo wants to work, he needs someone to fully buy in to what he's trying to do. And, he- and that is not what Liam Moore's done. And so that that's fair enough. Yeah, he wants, and Pauno wants almost a second, like a right-hand man on the field to be captain. He wants someone who's who's bought into him and bought into the plan, I guess. And if Liam Moore doesn't want to play, doesn't want to be at the club, then, yeah, he should be stripped of the captain's Well, Well, th- but he doesn't say he doesn't want to play, right? Like, I'm, okay. I'm worried about reading yeah. too much into a statement that He doesn't say he doesn't want to play. Yeah. He doesn't like, want to play for the club. That's yeah, and we, we don't know whether the, the current situation around him is because he's injured or because he there's something else going on behind the scenes. And like I think to speculate about that when you've got people, you know, listening or reading on Twitter or whatever is a little bit dangerous and you have to be a bit careful about what you say about it. I think ultimately with with what with this statement being released at the time it has one of the bottom lines is that it's just created a, a distraction that is just not needed within the within the club within the squad right now because it, it's 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 just breeding almost more toxicity. You know, some some fans might be relieved if he goes before the end of the window. Some some fans might be very happy. Probably most fans would be quite happy because it helps us on FFP a lot, and that cannot be understated. But the manner of the statement, the fact that no captain, like you said, Matt, is announced, everything else around it, it is just an unnecessary distraction at a very, very low point, really, in our club's history. Which well, again, let's, is... let's, let's move off of Liam Moore for now. Um, as you both said, the the statement... <clears throat> the statement doesn't actually announce who a new club captain is going to be. Maybe because we've only got eight players that want to contract next season, it's very difficult to announce a, a, a pro, a, you know, a club captain. Well, only seven other players as well. Sorry, yeah, only seven players now, um, potentially. Um, who would you pick as captain for the remainder of this season, though, Lansley? For the remainder of this season, I know, I know, Laurent has had the captaincy, obviously, pretty much in Liam Moore's absence. That's almost where I expect it to go, just by virtue of the fact that he's been entrusted with it this far. But I would, I, I, well, I'd say someone like Scott, Dan, Michael Morrison, but just purely for experience in this battle. But you've got Michael Morrison, who, you know, is coming back from injury, and Scott, Dan, who's going to be not available for for about a month out. The two, I'd probably <laughs> sounds stupid, but in this situation, you'd probably go with Michael Morrison because he's closer to being fit. But it's there's. I'm not sure there's a correct answer in this, I have to say, because you could probably give it to or name four or five, six different others. Some may say Tom Holmes, Tom McIntyre, but Tom McIntyre's way away from being fit, I believe. I, you know, he's been non-existent this season. Um, but yeah, I I think it'll be Lauren, but personally, I'd choose either just Dan or Mac, um, Morrison just for experience. Matt, are you leaning the same way? Um, yeah, I think so. Um, Lauren is probably going to be an ever-present in the team which helps him um as Matt kind of alluded to 
Morrison, I think, is already seen as a leadership figure at the club. Like he obviously is doing some coaching with the youth setup, and on, at the under twenty threes game on Friday, he was very involved both on the field in the first forty five minutes, and then he basically became a coach in the second forty five minutes. So. I wouldn't be unhappy with him being made captain. I think, uh, yeah, game time is the only question there. Scott Dan, yeah, I mean, it, same same thing, really. Um, Tom Holmes and Tom McIntyre, I think, like, they're both... You can see why people want to give them the captaincy because they are reading through and through and they absolutely love the club. But after Fulham, you saw how upset Tom Holmes was with that result. And, like, it's not the only time that that's happened. And it's not that he loses his head per se, but I don't think that you're, you kind of want your captain to be like almost detached from what's going on in, in some ways that he can make decisions without being too emotional. And I'm, I'm not sure that like, I think Tom Holmes will get there and Tom McIntyre will probably get there, but I'm not sure that they're on that stage just yet. Yeah. I think handing it to a 21 year old, 22 year old is, is maybe a little bit of a, Maybe, well, not risky move. Does it make a difference potentially who captain is? Possibly, possibly not. Um, it's more a face face of the club kind of thing. Um, the one suggestion that neither of you have come up with that I would personally go with would be Andy Rinomota. If if he's going to be, you know, if he's fit and he's going to be an ever-present, I think those are two of the first, like, you know, requirements. And then someone who's been at the club for a few years now in Rinomota is not, it's not a bad thing to have. Um, I, the only issue you've really got with him is that he's out of contract in summer, but then again, who isn't? So I, I would go with Rinomota. I don't think it will be Rinomota if Lauren is already being given the captaincy. Um, but I would definitely not be complaining if Rinomota was, was given the captaincy on a kind of a long-term basis. He, he always seems to me one that's a, a little bit quieter on the pitch. It's almost like Lauren alongside him is the one with the leadership role, even last season, whereas Reno's there to kind of, I don't want to reduce his role, but kind of run around and tackle people a little bit. Kind of, kind of like Kante. Like, he, he's mainly... So, like, I agree that he's another one that's probably in the running, but also, I like, out of the two of them, I'd probably still stick with Lauren. Reno is more of a Joby McEnough kind of captain. You know, words don't need to be said. Lead by example. Exactly, lead by example. Um, other Reading news. This is a lengthy lengthy discussion before the game, but other Reading news. It seems like Raphael is going to be on his way um, back to Brazil. We're all but wait, awaiting a confirmation. Raf, um, Paunovic in his post-match interview yesterday said that we should expect announcements regarding Raphael very soon. Um, I think it's Cruzeiro. Cruzeiro. I really hope I haven't butchered that too Where's badly. Where's Math when you need him? Exactly. Uh, I hope I didn't butcher that too badly. He's looks like he's going to have his contract basically mutually terminated, and and will be moving back to Brazil on a free. Um, again, that's one of the things with uh, one of the things we discussed with Liam Moore having a player who's not you know being utilised within the team. Uh, on relatively high wages, being moved out of the club is probably not a bad thing at all. Um, we won't touch on it too much, just because A, Raphael's not in the side at the minute, and B, it hasn't actually happened yet. But figured that we should just bring the news early. 
Let's go to the game from yesterday. Matt Lansley, the team news yesterday. We were in the car. Well, actually, we just got to Middlesbrough when we saw this. And uh, the team yesterday was virtually the same as midweek. We made one change um, with Scott Dan coming out. And I can't remember who came in for him off the top of my head. That's not very good. Anyway, Scott Dan was out of the side, um, but there was, you know, there was only one change. A little R- surprise. Motor, right? Rinomota, thank you. Yes, Rinomota. We were all having brain freezes there. I was trying to remember. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> we made one change anyway after a 7-0 defeat. Um, it's probably unprecedented, right? Yeah, and we had this conversation on the way up as well because like you could kind you could see it happening because it's it's unprecedented because when after you you lose at Kidderminster away in the FA Cup in the third round the manner that we did then lose to Fulham at home your biggest home defeat in league history when when will you ever see a team making one change and that one change being a forced change through an injury but again it's just what else can you do in in the situation you look at it and you just kind of think well where where else can you go what other options can you look at you know that there, there, there wasn't really any other feasible changes really that could be made for, for for that game that would kind of make sense you know unless you're going to just check out 18 year olds you could have anyone you could have really kind of made a um, a case for potentially is Kamara because Kamara had played well, but then again, he's only just he's an incredibly young kid, only just turned eighteen. And do you really want to be throwing him into a game where 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 you're playing, you know, one of the most informed teams in the league in Borough? You know, you, you looked at it, and yes, from from the outside, it's it's unprecedented. But this injury situation that we've got is unprecedented, and I really, really, really really wish we could stop talking about it because <laughs> it's just becoming ridiculous. I promise, I promise we're not trying to cover up some kind of weird conspiracy theory at the club by <laughs> keep on mentioning injury crisis, but that is kind of where we're at, Ooh, unfortunately. It's, it's just becoming laughable because even in the week, you know, Scott, Scott Dan had been kind of one of the more consistent on the injury front since he'd come in, to be fair to him. And then he goes down after five minutes and you just think this is like... like it's just ever present. What is it? Is there something in the water, something in the ground, in the turf? Is it cursed? The stadium is who's put the voodoo curse on the Medeski stadium or the SEL, you know, it's, it, but like, like, like we say, what more could happen in that situation? You know, who else could go in? No one really. Yeah. Um, and I think that probably contributed quite heavily to the, pessimistic mood let's say of fans both at the ground and fans um back in reading before the game um not many people were expecting us to get much out of yesterday I, there was definitely a lot of four nil five nil predictions and i think well, that was your prediction be... walking to the stadium wasn't it if it's four or five <laughs> i i think i'd said if it's less than five i think we've done well today um given that makeshift defense um yeah, there was a lot of pessimism, I think, uh, going going around before the game. So for us to then kick off a game, 
and get through that first half. We actually got to, to half time at nil nil. Um, and the first half, there was a few chances actually for both sides. And um, the, the first real chance was a kind of a deflected chance for, for Borough. Um, won't dwell too much on stuff in the first half because most of the action does come in the second half. Um, but overall, Matt, the first half, Reading actually did play relatively well and probably matched Borough, even though they were under pressure for some of the some of the back end of the first half. Yeah, I mean, I thought, and and you know, people are going to get at me for this. I thought Reading played pretty well the whole game, to be honest. Like the first forty-five, definitely went a lot better than I expected for sure. Like I thought that after midweek, um, if Middlesbrough got one, we might crumble again. Um, and there were a few kind of nervy moments because Bristow was booked fairly early on for a, a silly pullback after he kind of messed up a clearance. And then later on in the half did something not wholly dissimilar, but got away with it. Um, Junior Hoylet got booked as well. And then I think it was in the second half when just before he gets taken off, he kind of goes into a tackle and stands on the guy's ankle. And that could have been a red card, but it felt like that, or, well, it could have been a second yellow and, and led to a red card, but thankfully wasn't. And it kind of felt like the luck that Reading had been missing was coming in this game because, as you say, that deflected shot went wide. Um, there was a bizarre moment when it it kind of rebounded off Lauren and hit the post and then we managed to clear. And, and those kind of things were going in, like, recently. So, thankfully, yes, we rode our luck a bit, but I thought, yeah, we were playing OK. I think we more than matched them as well because we did have our own chances in the first half, Lansley. I mean, Hoylet had a decent decent run and a, a shot which was, you know, well saved. Um, we had a we had a chance from a I want to say it was from a corner in the first half, maybe not, but we definitely we definitely I feel like we matched Borough in the first half, and it, it wasn't a case of we were sitting back and, and not going forwards. Yeah, and you know, Southwood had very little to do really for the. For the for the full game, the only thing he really needed to do was come out and smother that chance, which then rebounded off Lauren. You know, um, which, which, which by all accounts, I think I described it at, at, at halftime as a very boring half. And long may that continue for the second half, because if it was nil nil at the full time, I think we all would have been ecstatic. <laughs> um, it, it was, yeah, it was, it was very, it was, it was a good performance at a team that you know. I think we've got to remember were I think there was seventh coming into it. Was it seven, uh, six wins and seven? You know, th- th- this wasn't this wasn't Blackpool at home. This wasn't Derby at home. You know, this this was a very good team that we've that we we're going to away seemingly revitalise under a very very good manager that they now have. You know, um, so I think by all accounts, the first half you know was 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 good, and you were kind of just hoping that we could kind of continue that into the second half continue just the solidity of course you probably thought that borough are going to have their chances in this game at some point either at nil nil or if you know we go if we go ahead somehow but it was very even it was very even and they did what they needed to do in that first half yeah um i think even it pretty much pretty much sums it up um the second half to be honest the first 25 minutes of the second half, um, Matt, I would say that Reading were the better team 
And I, I don't. I think it would be very difficult to argue with that. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's difficult because, as, as Matt says, like Middlesbrough have won six and seven. Like we heard what the Borough Breakdown guys were saying; they were pretty happy with how they've been playing, but they didn't seem. Well, I don't want to say they didn't seem anything special, but they clearly didn't turn up like as you would have expected them to, given, you know, they would have looked at midweek as well and seen that Reading are there for the taking. Like if, you, if you're if you a Sunday league team and, and you're playing someone kind of right down there, you turn up knowing that, oh, let's get goals here. And and that just never really happened. And I think Reading were were better than they have been. Like they played with more purpose and and at least tried to be on the front foot a lot more than they, you know, have done in recent second halves. And that's the best way for Reading to play. Like, Paunovic has rightly got a lot of criticism for, um, well, Callum described it as turtling and wrote an excellent piece on the Tilehurst end. Like, you cannot, like, say that that's what happened yesterday. Uh, yes, towards the end, we kind of sat back. But if you're 1-0 up away from home, barely scraping points, like, I think that's just natural. Um, it, but we started with a lot more purpose. And yeah, like, our goal didn't feel undeserved. Yeah, our goal came in the late. It's how you want to say, sixty seventh minute, um, from a from a cross, Delhi Bashiru cross, a brilliant cross. Um, if you haven't seen it, definitely go and watch the highlights because it's a fantastic cross from the left hand side on his right foot, um, and whips it into Andy Carroll, who nods home from twelve yards, loops over the keeper into the top corner. Um, and yeah, as as we both said, I think it was probably deserved that Reading took the lead. We we definitely had matched Middlesbrough on chances by this point, and it wasn't a case of um, this was a, it didn't look like that was going to be a smash and grab. Um, Lansley, that probably was Andy Carroll's last game. There's obviously been no confirmation that he's not signed a new deal or he has signed. Like, there's no. There's, nobody knows really what's gone on with Andy Carroll. The rumours are that Burnley are interested. Who knows whether they've offered a deal or not to him. Um, what did you think of Andy Carroll's performance yesterday, firstly? And then, I guess, more broadly, um, around Andy Carroll, do you feel like it was a worthwhile endeavour to bring him in and, and play him basically for 90 minutes for the last eight games? Um start off on yesterday yeah yesterday again he was he was very good I mean he was an absolute nuisance to to the defense I mean every every time the ball went up like I mean he's six foot five for Christ's sake he's always gonna ruffle feathers against defenders you know but I mean every single time the the knock-ons chest downs playing on hold at play you're not gonna see a much better player at championship level that's gonna do that you know he's still very much got it you know i think that it's 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 been brilliant that we've we've, we've had him here for this time i think you know I, I i i maybe thought around the whole question of has it been a worthwhile experiment and then kind of thought well has, has it has it actually been as good as we we've thought but i think realistically the time that he's actually been on the pitch we've had no better option really because otherwise we would have been left with puskas who's you know, goalless in 20, 21 games, I think, this season. So it's like, it's for the, for the time that he's here or has been here, it's probably, you, you'd probably have to say, given the wages as well, that's got to be a big contributing factor to people's view on it. Because if 
the rumoured 1k a week was or does ring true what have we lost here nothing you know a couple of k in grand respect of course there's probably gold bonuses that might add a bit onto that but as a as an experiment you know potentially if that's what you want to call it i'd probably say it was a success you know does he stay here long term who knows you know we we, we knew his view back in the summer of wanting to move away from his family in essex we were able to push that through for this short move is he going to want to go to somewhere like burnley that's probably as far away from essex as you can get that's up to debate but whether it's burnley or someone else there's probably a lot of clubs that will look at his time at reading and see he could potentially do a job you know because i think that's one thing he's certainly proven at reading is that he's he's still capable yes he's not probably been the former self that he was you know back in his early days at west ham and everything but there's there's still a very capable player there that that you know does deserve a shot at probably a, a high championship low premier league team and, and matt i guess million dollar question will we see andy carroll play for reading again or was that his last appearance Oh, that was his last appearance. There's no chance we see Reading uh, him play for Reading again. Not I. I kind of agree with Lansley that on on the broad scheme of things, like it's probably been okay. Like we've not lost out money wise to do with it. I think that you could point at our points tally from the games he's played and say we've only actually got five points from six games, and not only that, we've had completely changed the way we play. Um, and had he been here for longer, it feels like this Middlesbrough game and like maybe just before um, the West Brom game, I think it was kind of like, yeah, OK, we're starting to understand how to play to Andy Carroll. And if he was here for another three or four months, it'd be like, OK, I almost understand. But we what we've effectively done is we've learned how to play to Andy Carroll and now he's, we're taking him out of the team. And OK, yes, he did score that goal against Swansea and, and it was nice to get the win and we probably wouldn't have got that win. So in some ways, that almost makes it worth it in itself. But it's also, I think you could easily make the case that with someone who had still got legs in him, because I think it's clear that Carroll's legs have gone and that he can't really last 90 minutes, that we would have had like that. That's one of the reasons why we can't be on the front foot in games for 90 minutes because Carroll ends up dro- dropping further and further back and not being able to get forward. And then what do we actually have? We have an 11 man defense and like, I, I'm not putting the blame for like Derby or Hull on, on Andy Carroll whatsoever, but I think that there's, there's payoffs. And even in this game, there were payoffs because he, misses the header for the first goal uh for, for the first Middlesbrough goal which then sets us up to lose it almost reminds me of Jan Kermigan in all honesty in a in in a weird way where your striker becoming a another defender late in games because he but, but Jan Kermigan still well Jan Kermigan had more legs than Andy Carroll like not by I, the end well, I think that Andy Carroll, I think Matt's right that he could go to a top championship club. I think the Premier League's probably beyond him now. But what I think his role at any other club that's run sensibly would be a 20 to 30 minute end of the game cameo. And he would be absolutely perfect if you're losing 1-0, right? And throwing balls into the box. Like that is, I would love for Reading to be able to do that. Um, but I just don't know whether 
having him as a 90-minute striker every week is the right way to play to Andy Carroll nowadays? Well, if that was the last game, it was a very, you know, unfortunate result, decent performance for Andy Carroll. Um, if he is listening, and I'm sure he is, we all actually would love you to stay, Andy. So, you know, just sign on the Don't sign on the do line. that. Don't do that's embarrassing, mate. Sign let's just let's just sign let's it. just leave it. Sign the contract. Um unfortunately Reading didn't hold on. And I feel like that I probably could have cut and pasted that from another podcast this season, or literally eighty podcasts this season, it feels like. We didn't hold on. Um but this wasn't a case, Lansley, of Reading sitting back and I guess giving up twenty chances. Um, the, the first the Southwood made a good save on about 80 minutes from, from a header from a corner and then about three minutes later um, Middlesbrough equalised again not directly from the corner because actually Reading defended corners relatively well yesterday um, but from a cross which followed yeah um, and I think it's 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 quite important to note that because I think there was a lot of tweets and social media going out following the game yesterday that 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 this was another classic Paunovic performance game management shocking it was probably the most different Paunovic performance that we've probably seen because we didn't sit back when we went one nil you know Borough still didn't even come into the game for about another good five ten minutes really until that header they had one slice shot wide literally just after we did score but there was nothing, nothing really materialised. And you looked at it and we were still relatively comfortable. You know, we, we we were still going forwards. We didn't have five, six at the back like we've seen us do in previous games, inviting pressure onto us. We didn't do that. Um, and then that first game, uh, first goal came from a, um, like I said, a cross we defended really quite well. Um, they're, 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 um, it's not his winger, but the... Um, uh, the chap that took the corner, who it ends up going back out to, he finds himself in a lot of space. Delhi Bashiru, he's he's very tight in. There was no one spreading out to try and cut off a pass back out out to him, and so he ends up essentially with a with a free cross into the box, essentially, which Delhi Bashiru tries to close down, but it, it's 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 not. Um, you know, he would have had to cover a lot of ground from where he started, um, and you know, Southwood can't quite keep it out and. When you when you when you then concede in the eighty fourth minute against a team that has won six of seven, you know you, there was still a part of me that thought we 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 could hold on here because you know we we we've shown enough. But I think when you when you look at it rationally, we were playing against a team very much in form there. You know it it would have been we'll get onto the final goal and obviously moments that happened that kind of led to it, but. What was 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 that was that first goal and Borough coming back into the game, game management on Paulo's side? Absolutely not. That's not something at all that led to it. Well, and I think like even after their goal, Paulo brings on Zhao, right? Like he is not trying to go to that really defensive formation, and and it actually worked. Like whenever Zhao got on the ball we relieved that pressure and I think he won a foul on halfway and like, okay, he didn't touch the ball massive amounts, but it didn't, it like, we weren't constantly under the cosh after that goal. It just happened that we kind of 
you know, as as Matt says, like it's a team who have won really late in their last game as well. I think in like the 97th minute, just like throwing absolutely everything at you at home. They're, they're massively in form. And, you know, I, it's, I don't want to, I don't want to kind of get individuals, but like Reading wouldn't have the 11 on the pitch if in, in a normal game, I think. Like there, there are some players in this team that, yeah, may, I maybe uh, like playing above where their their normal level would be. If someone had told you at the start of the season that we'd have a back four at some point in the season of Bristow, Holmes, Lauren, and Remoter, I think people would have laughed. Tetek even at right back. Sorry, yeah, Tetek yeah. at right back, not Remoter. But I think if someone had told you that's that's going to be a back four of this season that you have to play for two games, I think people would have laughed because it's 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 kind of a bit of a ridiculous situation, really. Like, and, and Bristow, to be fair to him, I thought he actually dealt with most of the second half quite well. Like he had a bit of a nightmare first half. Like second half, it, it felt like not as much went down his wing, but like what he did, he did fairly well. And then people are going to see the highlights and see that like the goal can't really say it a different way, but it, it just like he shouldn't be in this team. And I'm not trying to be mean to him. Like, this this loss to me is another one that feels like it's almost more on Dai Yong for not for mismanaging finances and us not being able to have any like a fit left back more than it's on Pauno and and like and more even than it's really on Bristow. Yeah, I mean let's discuss the second goal. Um Lansley was not impressed with the second goal at the time. Um so 90, I think it's 94 minutes, 95, 95 minutes um, into six minutes of injury time, which frankly, I'm going to question how we got six minutes of injury time is beyond me in the first place, because I don't... We really said it at the time that there was like, there's not going to be much added time here. We, it's either going to be three or four minutes. thinking it's three, four minutes maximum. I genuinely have no idea where the referee got six minutes of injury time from. Um, that one was completely beyond me. Um Beside the point, but yeah, 95th minute, um, Jones on the right-hand side, Matt, he stands Bristow up, as he'd done quite a few times in the game. Um, he kind of pulled a step over or two, and he's knocked it down towards the touchline. Um, that's, it, it was a move that Bristow had kind of bitten on, I guess, a couple of times. Um, and then the ball comes in, and, and Crooks gets a fairly easy free header which we'll come on to in a second. But um, yeah, the defending from Bristow on, on the goal, probably it leaves a little bit to be desired. It wasn't great. Um, and I have to say at the time, um, I I was looking at it because it was like, we, we, we'd seen that step over and that move from from um, uh, their, their, uh, their winner, uh, winger. Jones. Jones two or three times, even pro- probably four times already in the game, most in the first half, because he just ran Bristow ragged in that first half. He was doing step overs, Bristow was biting, he would have a free free run down the wing. I mean, it, it wasn't a new, that wasn't the first time that that happened in the game. And that was one of the biggest frustrations at the time, because again, we, 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 we'd seen it before in the game. And even even you said at the time, Bristow, don't, don't let him just come down on his right foot, because he's going to get a ball in. And you, 
a lot of the balls that he had put in that game had been pretty good. You know, he's got six, seven assists this season as well. You know, it's it's he's a he's a good player. You know, for a for a winger, but it was the fact that Bristow he almost didn't learn from what had happened already in the game. Um, there there are contributing factors probably to this that I'm sure we might also discuss, but I guess what once 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 he's beaten. And for the whole game, in fact, Tom Deli Bashiru does him no favours. He didn't do him any favours during the game, and he certainly didn't do him any favours there because he beats he beats Bristow no ends up, and Deli Bashiru is just almost stuck in no man's land, about four, three, four yards behind behind Bristow. And Deli he doesn't then look to come and engage. And Deli's not marking a player. You know, he's literally just stood in no man's land about two, three yards in from the edge of the box. He doesn't come in and engage. He puts quite possibly the most feeble attempt of a block that he probably could have tried to put in. He almost just tries to skip towards the ball and turn his back. It's it's quite embarrassing, really, when you look at it. And then there's quite a mess in the middle defensively because Tom Holmes lets... Um, uh, let's. It was Brooks, wasn't it, that scored? I'm losing my mind. It's so frustrating. It's Matt, Matt Crooks. Matt, Matt Crooks. That's it. Matt Crooks. Um, Holmes leaves Crooks to Tetek, which, when you look at it, it's a mismatch in itself. Crooks is about, you know, half a foot taller than than Tetek. Tetek's not the tallest guy, but then Tetek, he's he's never goal side of him. He never tries to get goal side, and he never tries to even put a header in. You know, and you've got to think this is the 95th minute. You're you are trying to get a point away at a very informed borough after the week we've had would have been an unbelievable point. More has to be done there by Tetek, maybe by Holmes. I've, I've rewatched it a couple of times. And to be fair, Holmes has got, you could almost say two players in his vicinity that he's probably thinking that I've got to have an eye on these and Tetek's got to then take, take the man behind, but it's just a mess because for one reason or another, Tetek, almost doesn't know that that's his man or certainly from the way he plays because he's never ends up goal side never ends up trying to even challenge for the header and it's 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 you know a essentially a tap in header from four or five yards one thing that really worries me well i say really it's kind of too late to be worried about it but one thing i noticed is that that's Probably the I think that's the second or third time now that we've when we've conceded later on it's been from a cross which has been aimed in and towards Holmes and he's been beaten in the air. Uh, Matt, it's. Well, it, I think that's a bit unfair. Like, I'm not because, saying because I'm not Holmes. Yes, he's Holmes, but it's like it's. I guess he's the centre back. It's that's inevitable, right? But can I can I can I just make a point here though? Like we 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 we're talking about crosses being an issue, but in reality we've got we've got. A left-back who yesterday was only playing his second game at left-back this season. I don't think many realised at the start of the season he was playing left-wing, left in fact, Bristow was. Tetek, who's a centre-mid, playing at right-back, again, 19 years old, I think, 20 years old. And you've got a makeshift centre-back in Josh Lauren, a centre-mid playing centre-back. And you've got a 21-year-old Tom Holmes that is your senior centre... Like, your senior defender, like... When you're having crosses at the end, like it's, I know we have got to find ways to win at this point. But you look at it and you you start to think, well, this is all kind of 
coming from the the the, the crisis, the injury crisis that we're in. You know, if if you if if you're playing a team that has that as its back four, you're going to think this this could be a field day as a striker, as an opposing team. If we played a team that had that, you know, you'd be thinking it, it'd be a field day. So I think it's very hard as well to because I've been critical of Tom Holmes and his role in this season and pitfalls that he's had this season. But when you when you look at it in the grander scheme of things, he's a 21 year old trying to trying to organize two academy like not even defenders one defender or kind of defender in Bristow we don't know whether or not he's a winger or defender yet really and Tetek who's a midfielder and Josh Laurent who's a midfielder he couldn't really have a tougher gig at this point of his career it must be quite an odd um dynamic as well to have Josh Laurent as captain next to you but you be the fit senior centre-back like I don't quite know. Like uh, yeah, I think that to put that on Holmes uh, yesterday is is a little bit harsh. He there are men over in the middle, and he basically has to hand him over to Tetek. I don't think that there's much else he can do. And even if Tetek gets goal side, like even then, it's probably still a goal because the the thing you probably had to do to begin with was stop the cross. Um, but as Matt says, like I don't really get the people who say that you have to be winning with these injuries because. Like, yes, obviously, how? Like, ev- everyone <laughs> wants to win, right? Like, I, like, yesterday's loss really hurt. Like, I, I don't know what it really, like, it probably was how late it was and like the fact that we were in the game. But, but as Noel Hunt said after, I think it was the Fulham game on Tuesday, like, if, if you're playing poker and your hand is hugely worse than the other hand, you're not going to win that hand of poker. And like that kind of feels like Reading, like where Reading are at now. Reading, Reading right now have seven deuce. If you know poker, we're, like we're getting seven deuce every single game. <laughs> it's, it, it, it's, and we have got to find a way to win at some point. Yes, but all the but criticism. That, that's also that... where Red, like yesterday was encouraging, right? Because yeah. I thought yesterday was a much better performance than it was like on, on Tuesday or on Saturday. And like, okay, we've lost out again late on, but it, it didn't feel like in the same way as like, as you say, the Blackpool or the Derby match, it, it felt, I don't want to say unfortunate, but it, it, it felt like progress and okay. It that progress unfair, needs to be, I think is yeah, yeah. The and the I progress would... has to be backed yeah. up. Like you can't now go in and look terrible on Wednesday night. But like we at like small steps, like let's just take small steps and hopefully like we can get like Barbara Rahman and Andy Rinomota, uh, Andy Rinomota, Andy Yeard on back. And, and then maybe like we'll be OK. Like one shout out that I would like to give from yesterday is that Andy Rinomota was excellent. Like I thought he showed like I've been critical of Andy before because like. I think there are areas where he could improve, but yesterday it showed what we were lacking. Like he just, he was, he was amazing. And and there was one tackle he made goals, goal saving tackle, which was just incredible. So Fantastic it's just tackle, yeah. amazing to have him back. Yeah. He, he was a big difference maker in the middle because it meant it, it freed Josh Lauren up to be able to play at centre back. And if, if Rinomota hadn't been fit yesterday, I genuinely have no idea what team we would have selected because there wasn't any other players. Right. Um, for me, the the other positive yesterday would have been Dejan Tetek at right back. He didn't let anything past him. It genuinely was it was a good performance from someone who who isn't a right back. Um, you know, he's he he played very well yesterday for for someone who's nineteen and is 
frankly playing out of position. Um, it was a solid, you know, solid defensive performance from him. Yeah, and and I wasn't picking him out in in the goal, like I say, because there was a calamity of of errors that led to that. He he was very good yesterday and has been very good for the, the and, few games he's played lately. I don't want to drag it out with all these as well. This player played well and that player won't. But Kamara, in all honesty, when Kamara came on, we looked we looked a completely different side going forwards almost when Kamara came on yesterday. He's very good on the ball, very good on the ball, and I think there's 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 a lot to be hopeful about. Kamara because I think he's another one only just turned 18 we, 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 we're talking about all these young players and they are they really are very young a lot of these players you know we, we, we are under 23 seemingly is an under 18 team at the moment seemingly well um, we basically yeah. lost the cohort right like we we shipped out all of the kind of older under 23s last last summer and and this is where we are now and um whilst we're doing shout outs to individual players how nice is it to have Lucas Zhao back Oh, even for two you minutes. Know, we got 50, 52 minutes in. I haven't even mentioned the fact that Lucas Zhao came on the field. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be, it's all going to be okay. Yeah, it's all going to be okay. Lucas I thought is, he looked all right as well. Like, I thought he'd be ruskier than he, he was. He had some nice, he had, he had a nice, nice moment where he, he, he beat two or three players with the ball at his feet. Um, you know, there was a time as well. Control. I thought he was gonna he was gonna shoot from the edge of the box as well because it, it it was going out left. He he found himself some space on the edge of the box. He got it. He ran towards the the semicircle, saying, "Is he gonna shoot her and, and nick it right at the end?" But no, I did think it was written in the stars when I saw him on the bench for him to come on and, and you know score late on, but unfortunately <laughs> not to be. Um, we do have Luton on Wednesday night, and I would love to preview Luton, but this podcast is you know it's practically a. Um, well, I was going to say novel, but it's audio, so that doesn't really an work. An audio book. An audio book, thank you. It's practically an audio book as it is, um, so we won't look too much at Luton, um, but we will just get a quick, Matt, are we going to get a point win against Luton? Do you think the performance is going to be matched at Luton, against Luton on Wednesday night? No comment. No I comment. don't know. Like, it's so difficult to know with Reading because, like, who knows what the team's going to be on Wednesday? And and the problem is, the more games that we play, the the more that the this group of players is going to have to play. And like when you've got Rinomota back from injury, when you've got Laurent at centre back, there's a, there's a lot of things that could still go wrong on Wednesday. But I would like to think, and also Luton had a great game on Saturday, so they'll be pretty buoyant coming coming to the SCL. Um, I'm hoping for a point. Yes. And Lansley, will we pick up a point? Will we get a win? Um, we've got to get a win at some point. <laughs> um, you don't want to do that old curse, but we do normally do quite well against Luton at the Medeski Stadium. Apologies to everyone. I know that now means that we're going to lose. Um, but I I am cautiously optimistic. Maybe blind faith, maybe roast into glasses. Will Lucas shall start? Hopefully. Will we see a goal from Lucas Zhao? Hopefully, but <laughs> I I'm going to be, I'm gonna be... There, but... no. he's played two minutes of football. Let's not rush him back into the start of eleven just yet. <laughs> but again, who else do we play? Do we go back to Puskas? I don't know. Um, no, I'm, oh god, I, I forgot no Carol. Yeah. Oh, let's not end it on a downer. Yeah, points, points will happen. Points Lucas will Zhao. happen on Wednesday. That's what we're looking for. <laughs> points will happen on Wednesday, and with that, we will end today's absolute mammoth of a podcast um thank you if you've managed to get all the way to the end of it because you know i certainly wouldn't uh want to listen to 55 minutes talking about a defeat against middlesbrough in the last minute it's very difficult um but we will be back 
later in the week um, after the Luton game. Fingers crossed that, you know, this run can come to an end at some point because everybody is uh, probably getting a little bit sick of it, let's be honest. Uh, Thank you for listening and speak to you all very soon.